Praise God, brothers and sisters. Uh, we already had our brother come up, and he read Luke chapter 15. Uh, so this is actually going to be the topic of my sermon, is the prodigal son. And um, I appreciate Ravim's honesty that he was kind of nervous and put this together last minute. I was actually, uh, I was struggling with this sermon too, uh, because I wanted to look at the whole parable, um, because we know there's the younger brother and the older brother, um, but I'm actually just going to be focusing on the younger brother in this sermon, maybe maybe some. Starting out, the parable starts in verse um, 11, and the um, first verse we'll actually read is going to be in 1 John chapter 2, and we'll be reading verse 15. I'll be reading from the King James. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father and the things he says. So he says, if you love the world, uh, the love of the Father is not in you. So we see here, it says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. So we see that the son, he says, he's living in his father's house, but he says, Father, I want to go. I want my inheritance. I want to go do what I want to do. Uh, so he's this, and again, this is a parable, and there are many interpretations. So this is going to be my interpretation of the parable. But again, I want my inheritance. He wants to go and live in the world. And I look at this as a pollution of the, of the world. They're, um, they're in the church, but they, they still have that desire for the world. They still look at the world. They still look at sin. They're like, oh, yeah, well, when I used to party, when I used to drink, and they still have that desire. So he says, uh, I want to leave. I'm going to go um, do whatever I want to do. And the father, what's interesting, he doesn't try to stop him. He doesn't say, no, you're staying here. You're under my house, my rules. He gives him the inheritance, and he lets him go just as God he doesn't force us to stay. He doesn't force us to be Christians. He doesn't force us to pray or read his word. Um, and then as we go on, it says, um, and not many days after that, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And um, this, so we see he's out, he's in the world. He's, uh, as we read later, he had, he was, into prostitutes, he was living a not good lifestyle. And I think this is the stage of sin where it's, it's fun. Um, it talks about in Hebrews, the pleasure feels good, where it kind of seems like there's no consequences. Um, and I think that a lot of people, this is kind of that part of sin that they remember. They remember, oh yeah, um, they remember all the good times of sin. But uh, as we go on, it says that um, a famine was in the land and he had spent everything so now at this point the fun's over his money is gone and he's hungry um so it says he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country so he joined himself just as people when they are in sin they become joined to the sin so at this point he's just trying to stay alive he's working he's working for this guy uh feeding pigs for him and somehow he's working for this guy, and he has nothing to eat, and he's, he's wanting the pig food. So I, it's, it almost seems like he's working, like, for free if, he's, if he has no food. But you look at it, um, 
in the King James, again, it says workers of a nigger slave for it. Um, a good example of this is you go on the street and you see people who are in drugs and they've completely, dis- their mind is just like, just not there. And they'll be so hungry yet money that they could use for food, they'll go and they'll take it to buy drugs because they want to get that moment of pleasure, that, that high or that rush. And you become a slave of sin. Or you look at uh, people, they, they drink, maybe they're like, oh, I'll just drink a little bit. But all of a sudden, the alcoholism, it gets out of control. And now they lose their family. Their wife leaves, leaves them. Um, they lose their kids or they, they get a DUI or even worse, they hit someone and they go to prison. And in Proverbs, it talks about the man who um, he commits adultery and he loses all that he has. And he, now he's working in the house of a stranger. And you see people that will actually commit adultery and doesn't really make sense naturally, but when you read the scripture, it makes sense that they'll, uh, they'll commit adultery and all of a sudden they lose everything. And I, I've heard of people who they'll commit adults' wife's car to get around because they have nothing. And exams out so little, just looking with lust. And then he calls her and he commits adultery. Um, and then she's with child and then he, he causes her husband adultery. Um, and then he takes her as his wife. And he actually ends up, King David, one of his sons rapes um, his sister. And then he has four sons. The, the son that was with child of adultery died. And then he has three other sons that die later on, all as consequences. So you look at it, the sin has really big consequences compared to just a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of enjoyment. But people often, they look at the pleasure and they forget about all the consequences that come with that sin you know and as we go on we see that again he was desiring the swan the pig's food so he he looked with desire and he wanted the pig's food and this is because as you get into sin your mind it becomes corrupted and it becomes perverse we read in romans that they're given over to reprobate minds or debased minds essentially you um your mind you're desiring things that are just um completely perverted because the sin it will it will corrupt your mind but the the good thing is in 17 it says and he came to himself it says and when he came to himself he said how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and i perish with hunger so and in my father's house there was plenty of food so he realizes that um, he realizes this, and he he goes back to his father's house. But you look in the world, many of these people with these perverted desires, these corrupted minds, uh, they they don't realize the perversity. And you look just completely twisted, like transgender um, agendas. And um, next verse we'll be reading is John chapter eight, verse thirty-four to thirty-six. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So we read that if you're committing sin, you are a slave to sin. It's not like I'm just going to, you're not in control of the sin you free so you must come to the son and he can make you free you must come to god and he can set you free he can give you renewal of the mind 
Um, and as we go on, we see that the son is like, well, I'm not worthy anymore to be my father's son, um, but maybe I can be a servant. I'll be a servant, and then I'll work my way up, and like through obedience, eventually I can go back to being a son. Uh, well, I was actually evangelizing, and I ran into this guy, and I'm talking to him. He's the same age as me, um, and he's like Buddhist, and I'm telling him about Christianity and kind of the proofs of Christianity, and we get to talking, and he tells me, well, there's just no way that, he says he, there's no way he could become a Christian because God can't forgive him for the things he did. Um, and they were pretty horrific things he told me. Um, he told me how he attempted to kill his own brother, and I, I don't know if he was successful in it or not, and um, how he had like beat people up for money, and he had, he had done some pretty horrific things, and he was telling me that God couldn't forgive him for that, and I was telling him that, that God can, and he actually had, um, he had a lot of Christians in his life. I think his dad was a Christian. He, his best friend was a Christian. They're all telling him the same thing, that God can, can forgive him for these things, that these things aren't too much for God to forgive. Uh, but he still, he said, he said that that can't be forgiven, that in his mind, it's not right to be forgiven of those things. And I think at the end of the day, he kind of needs to... Um, be able to forgive himself and accept um, that he can be forgiven. But what's interesting, I, I do think people like that, they do have a better chance of becoming Christians than people who say, hey, I'm, I'm good, I'm, I'm good, I'm going to make it to heaven because um, I'm a good person. You see, the son, he comes to this place, he says, I'm not worthy to be um, my father's son. And I think as, um, as Christians, you need, to, you need to come to this place of saying, hey, I'm not worthy. No matter what I do, it's not going to be good enough. I'm not worthy to be God's son. Uh, even if you're the worst person or you're the best person, you're not good enough to become um, a child. Father whose son has been away for a long time, he comes and he embraces him. Um, he's not condemning him. It says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So he, he shows him grace to the son. And the son is probably thinking that the father is going to condemn him and rebuke him and tell him how wrong he is. But he embraces him, shows he, um, he forgives us and he accepts us. Not that there's not um, time. We only have to turn a couple pages. One a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Uh, so we see that when you're, when you're here, when you're like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good. I haven't, I'm not like other people. I'm not like the people who are um, prostitutes, or I'm not like the people in prison. Then you're not in a place to receive God's grace. But when you come to a place of, hey, I'm not worthy, um, I need God's mercy because I don't deserve grace, I don't deserve forgiveness, that's when God can forgive you.
Uh, and then, again, I just want to point out one thing that's interesting here with the sun is I think it's good that, in a sense, that he hit rock bottom, that he, he got to this place of being so low uh, that I don't think he's, he's thinking that he's going to try to go back and try to do that again. And attempt, once he gets back on his feet, he's going to try to go back to the city. I think he's, he truly repented and he has no intentions of coming back. You know, a lot of Christians, they kind of want to do this thing where you're from God, but you still want to be partially in the world. You still want to, you know, have some fun on the weekends. You still want to uh, party. You still want to do things that are sinful, just a little bit of sin, not, not a lot, nothing that's going to cause too much harm, but just, you know, just a little bit. Or maybe you just want to go and party and get drunk once a month. But um, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about, it says, um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when we're in Christ, when we're a new creation, the old things have passed away and we're a new man. We're a new creature in God. And God, he's a jealous God. He wants us to serve him fully with our full heart. He doesn't want us to be partially for him and then um, partially in the world or serving him but still have that desire for sin. And um, one thing I just want to leave you with is if you do ever struggle, if you do um, are tempted, as I believe just about every Christian is with sin sometimes, just remember, don't just think about how the good times of sin, but think of all the consequences that come with that, all the shame, all the guilt, all the problems that are caused through that sin. Um, all right, let's, um, let's kneel down and pray.